So as Sasha says, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Elixir Mix. I'm your host, Alan Weima. Today, I'm with Adi Iyengar. Hello. And we have Pep. Sorry, I didn't catch the last name. Pep, can you introduce yourself real quick? Uh, hi. Yes, Pep Giralt de la Costa. I am Spanish, uh, but this surname is it's French. And it's weird because it has an apostrophe. And if you know some French, uh, that's totally totally weird because normally you don't have apostrophe between consonants. But was a, at least my, my granddad told me that it was a, an error that someone did in the registry when trying to write the surname. Ah, yes, and you're, you're based out of Spain, right? No, I'm in Greece. I'm currently in Greece. I was living, I moved to the UK two, two years ago with my girlfriend. My girlfriend, is, is, she's English. And uh, we, we were living in, the, in, in Clapham, in London, for, for two years. But then the, the landlord decided to, to kick us out of, of the flat. And, and we decided to, to go to, to Greece to try the digital nomad life. Um, and we are in an amazing space. We are in a. It's funny. I don't know how we end up uh, getting into this place. I would love to show you maybe afterwards. Uh, it's a huge villa with uh, seven seven bedrooms, <laughs> and we are paying half of the money that we are paying in the in Clapham. No? So yeah. Okay, now it's starting to come together. You're such a huge place. That's why you have a Strava account, right? This is what. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a Strava account. I don't know why. I guess at some point I was feeling lonely and I wanted to share something and everything else in terms of social media, I didn't like it. And at least I thought that this was going to be useful at some point because those stats would be helpful for me at some point because of health things and, and stuff like that. No? That's why I have a Strava account. At the beginning, I, I was, I mean, I don't like to share stuff, but now, now that I'm playing with the API, and I realized that it's really bad, the API, <laughs> I'm enjoying having that account. Yeah, I mean, I, I worked with Strava API in the past, and I wasn't very happy, but this was a long time ago. We had this weird issue where, since you work, have you worked a lot with Strava API, or was it just for this one thing? Okay. Just, just yeah. for this one, yes. Yeah, they have something called webhooks. And so every time somebody does a run, you can, so you can register a webhook and say, okay, whenever this guy runs, I want to be notified of his activity. And what happens is that they will ping you with a webhook and then they say, okay, this guy just did something. And then you reply back saying, okay, what, what did he do? Tell me, what did he do? And then it's supposed to tell you more details about that, right? But what actually what happened was they had scaling issues at that time. And so we'd say, what did they do? And then they would say, we don't know. And then crash. <laughs> that was kind of my big issue with Strava at the time. But we kind of backed uh, away from Strava. Life has been better. I'm happy that you mentioned this because this is super aligned with how... I would like, if, I, if I'm part of a team, I would like my team to be, you know? which is, how do I glue that? I'm going to come to that in a minute. Normally, that if you have a cross-functional team or engineers, cross-functional engineers, you avoid totally the throwover defense culture. No? In this case, instead of sending directly the activity that was updated, someone did the, the, the minimum and just... Uh, decided that the, the best approach was to just notify you that there was a, a new activity, you know, and then is throwing over the fence and telling you, you need to find out, no? So this is a bit what all Strava thing is about also, no? I wanted to show a simple way to to do something that is an integral solution, no? I mean, I'm writing the, I mean, it's a super simple script, no? But I'm writing the application layer, I'm writing the automation, I'm writing, I'm writing everything, no? Uh, even if you accepted the documentation, no? 
So it's it's sad when when that happens uh, because because then something that should be super simple. If you if you are able to like develop everything uh, that you are delivering, it makes things easier. But sometimes people just decide to do the, the minimal thing. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, I, I, no? I think I understand what you mean. Mm. But this is all about your. For once, it's actually not an article, right? Usually we talk about articles. Yours is about your repository. Mm that you use and it's to kind of update people about kind of who you are, right? Yes. Not everything. So are, are, a you, bit. are you a big runner or what's your, what's your sport of activity? I like all sports in, in general. I like snowboarding. I like tennis, but I like lots of sports, no? But six months ago, I, I had some episodes of, of anxiety and I decided to tackle them by running. And that's why I mentioned also what I mentioned also in the article, no? So I started running and I don't know, I, I enjoyed the process of doing it on a daily basis. No? And implementing this, this skip was like a, a way to, to do something that is related to what I'm doing in this process of trying to run away from the anxiety, but at the same time doing something that I love, which is, which is coding. And at the same time, I, I stopped working for, for ESL at that time and I wanted to update my, my GitHub, my GitHub profile. So I'm not a, well, I became a runner, but I, it's something that has happened, happened in the last, in the last six months. Okay. Yeah. I know Strava is like big for like the running community. We, we were using Strava for that project, which was like, you know how you can say, okay, I'm going to run like 10 kilometers for charity, sponsor me. That was basically what we're using Strava for, which is kind of an interesting proposal, but it's a little bit annoying because like you had to register for the website and then you have to register again for Strava account and then you have to connect your phone. And it was just like kind of a hassle, but it was kind of a quick solution to get rolling with because yeah, I, I think a lot of people who do do these kind of running activities are usually more sporty people that usually already have this kind of account. But I think people who do charity stuff probably don't do this kind of stuff. It depends, right? I mean, it depends if you're a big charity person and also a big runner. But for me, I've never heard Strava before the project and never... Well, it's come up a couple of times, but not too much. But it seems like most people on Strava are actually for running. But you can do other things like cycling, canoeing, uh, I think. There's all kinds of activities you can do, hiking, etc. But your big thing is, is still running, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still running. And uh, I, well, I, I've also done some biking, but since I moved to Greece, I don't have my bike here with me. But I plan to to go back uh, on cycling uh, when I go back to the UK. And talking of running, uh, yesterday when I was preparing myself for, for today, I did two things. I I wanted to to update all the activities from from 2022, because when I was in the UK 10 days ago, I went, I went to buy some, some trainers and some shop assistant told me there then that uh, you can upload your gear, the gear that you're using for the runs. No? And I wanted to track this somehow. So I said, maybe, maybe I can work on a bulk update. And that's what I did yesterday. No? I was working on this and it wasn't that dramatic. Uh, because I was already everything was in place and the fresh token and things like that and in this case was was quite easy to implement so if you check the repo uh, now there, there there is a another script that uploads a bulk of activities and I don't know if you check other stuff but after after writing the the Strava sync in elixir I don't know you guys but I'm I love the beam uh, it's not something about elixir obviously I'm I mean, I'm, Elixir is my default language and I, I love Elixir and I'm super, super, super quick and agile and um, productive with it. Um, but I also love Erlang and Gleam and other languages. No? So when you told me to, to do this interview, 
Yeah, I was a bit, a bit worried because I thought, well, Strava Sync, okay, it's a script, but I don't know if there's going to be enough time to talk about lots of things. No, so I wanted to implement something. And I don't know if you managed to, to, to see this, but I rewrote the script in, in Erlang. So now, if you look uh, at the repository, there is a GitHub action that is run on Sundays, which is using EEX templates, of course. And then there is another action that runs the same script in written in Erlang. But in this case, as there is not a, a template built in as part of, of the language, I had to pull mustache to, to do the same thing. No? And I'm planning to write another one in Glim. I don't know, just because I'm, in, I'm curious. I've never done anything with Glim. Yeah. yeah, okay. I see it now. Because I was thinking to myself, how does this work? Because you need to still like log in, right? So when you run this, oh, that's right. once you have the token, you should be fine. So you need the token. And then yeah, the refresh the, token that happens. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the process is the first uh, interaction with the user. You need to go uh, through the auth uh, workflow, which is, uh, I mean, you go to a browser, you follow the instructions, you accept, you authorize the application, sorry. And once the application is, is authorized, there is a refresh token that is produced with those grant, the scopes that are granted. No? And once you have, if you store that refresh token, you can always hit the, the refresh token URL, which allows you to generate a new barrier for that, for a particular, I mean, for a certain time that allows you to query the activities. No? So once you have the refresh token, you can, you can always request a new barrier. What templating engine are you using in Erlang? Mustache. I don't know if you know about I'm not familiar with that, but oh. it's good to know. Yeah, it, I think it's uh, the most famous one in Erlang, but I'm not sure. Eh? To be honest, I'm sure I said I look for template and the first result, <laughs> that's the one that I picked or, or maybe the one that had, that had more downloads. I, I don't remember exactly. What I know is that I used it in the past in another project, in Elixir project. I'm not sure why we decided to use a mustache in that project. I don't remember, but I knew it. So that also helped me to decide to choose that library. If you are interested, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure Adi is like this, no? Because before before entering into the recording uh, time, we were talking, and I I feel like he's like me and curious, no? I mean, if you if you like Elixir, uh, but if you like coding and technology in general, you you'd like to dig deep, no? Uh, and you like to go and see how things work and, and, and if it's Elixir, how it's Elixir is implemented with Erlang and things like that. No? So, yeah, I suggest to visit it and review it because it's interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, I mean, not just for this Strava API, which I've never used, but like in general, like, you know, I, I, I created my README in like 2020 when it was like newly available, but I haven't, I don't think I've updated since then at all. I haven't touched it. But like having an action that pulls even GitHub statistics, you know, some people like just show their own GitHub statistics on their README, like, and uh, you can go pull LinkedIn information to get your job title, what company you're working at and stuff like that. And yeah, I think all that is a great idea. You can, you can use like same methodology to have a GitHub action that queries your LinkedIn, queries GitHub, stitches that information. And with Elixir, I mean, especially, uh, I'm going to say Elixir specifically because the EEX templating, it's so easy to just like create a readme and like dynamically uh, populate any content. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think that's great. And especially with like, I, I, I see that you're using mix installs. So keeping it even more lightweight, like using Elixir as, as a scripting language. So yeah, huge fan of this like idea and this methodology. I'm trying to think of more ways this can be used, not just to update 
<clears throat> say like your readme, but say you have multiple apps in an organization, right, that, that talk to each other through an API, and you have another repository, which is like the contract that both the apps, the server and client need to comply with, right? You can have a periodic job that queries the server for the contract, updates Swagger docs or the GraphQL schema, and the client always checks the queried repository, the queried, the, the repository that holds the contract. And you can have a GitHub action that updates the contract and just, you know, same EEX templating, right, pulls the schema, how schema is supposed to look, GraphQL or REST or whatever, and populates that contract and refreshes it every 10 minutes. The same, I love this. Right? The same ideology can be extended for so many things, like the dynamic template with GitHub Actions and using Elixir. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of just this idea and I'm trying to think of more ways we can leverage it because it's, 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 really, it's, really, it's really cool. Yeah, I really appreciate what you are saying. No, I mean... Because it's also aligned with what I was trying to say before that maybe I didn't articulate it in the best way possible. No, but the biggest problem that we have in the industry, at least people like us uh, who are passionate, it's when you when you find a blocker, when you find communication issues and things like that. No, and the best way to to solve these these problems always is by by delegating the the job to 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 the machines and to to automation. No, and. I mean, the, the example that you just is just fantastic, no? Because let's say that someone is working in a non-cross-functional team that depends on an, a, another microservice that needs to implement the, or update these contracts in another repository. Well, you put it down towards it in a really good way, no? And then automating that, it's, it would be perfect because because reduces uh, the communication issues and leaves the blockers, no? And also, one of the things that I like about the CI for me, everything is CI first. The reason why is because sometimes I have conflicts when I want to understand how something works and I want to be able to go into a repository and that everything is connected. No? And if you have something in the CI, in the end, you can just see how things are done. No? So, yeah, it's... Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm really happy that, you, that you're saying this because I didn't think about all these, these possibilities and now it is just open... <laughs> uh, lots of ideas, no? So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, Alan, can you can you think of any applications of this like um, pattern in uh, in your daily work life? You mean with running like uh, cron jobs, or you mean updating my GitHub? Let's <laughs> try to figure out. What... So the idea here is right using a uh, periodic CI and Elixir's templating capabilities to update a file based on template where the variables of the template are pulled using API or whatever mm. through the CI. I just feel like, you know, when you start thinking, there's so many use cases. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, yeah, that's why I thought this block was so cool because it's a very simple use case yeah. updating your readme, but you can extend this to like so many things easily. Yeah, I, I mean, something I did, it's not quite that style, but what I did at one point, I was helping my friend to find clients. And one of the daily things I had to do, so he, he sells like rare earth minerals in, uh, from China. And because, yeah, I was just trying to, you know, I just started cold emailing people. This was many years ago, right? And uh, one of the things he asked me to do is like every day I have to check in and pull the latest prices of metal, right? And so... At that time, obviously, there was no Elixir. This was like more than 10 years ago, I think. At least not that I knew about. And so I just used Ruby and put it into like the login script. And so as soon as I turn on my computer, I would just go to get coffee, come back, and I'd have this CSV full of the, <laughs> the pricing data. It was, it was quite nice. I mean, the other thing, too, is like we do do a lot of email calling, kind of code calling over here for my company. 
And what we've been doing is just collecting emails with names and all that stuff and then passing it in. And that could also be something uh, where we could just be sending, you know, email templates of just new users that, that are, have interest to, to get some services from us. But specifically for EEX templates and things, I mean, on a periodic job, I can only think about pulling latest information, but I would probably rather use Slack for that because everybody uh, that is using Slack, so it just makes sense to just do some kind of daily job. Maybe that would right. pull the information and then ping Slack and do that. Right. But I mean, if it'd be useful if that information is displayed in a static HTML, then you can pull that information and update the yeah. HTML as part of the CI action, right? So like the same yeah. idea as GitHub Readme, if you have a website, you use Jekyll or something, right? You can update your JSON file periodically based on your LinkedIn, right? And your website yeah. will be always up to date. There was something that is really familiar with this use case, but I, I, it's not ringing a bell where I wanted to do something. It's like it doesn't need to do it instantaneously, but once every few hours would have been fine. But it, it's just not coming to mind because so many more things I have to do nowadays are actually supposed to be instantaneous. Like when I had one client who we were, we wanted to know like, what is the value of my portfolio right now? And they are all in crypto. And you know how that goes? You worked at BlockFi. Is BlockFi still around? That's, an, that's another good question. No, they're... Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I guess... So, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Is, 1% of the employees still have their jobs okay. at BlockFi. Okay. Well, I don't know what they're doing. But, you, but you still know what I'm talking about. Like, the, it, the market can tank, right, at any second from who knows what. And so, you need to know how much was your money, how much was your portfolio across everything in US dollar, and also how much was in each of the mm -hmm. currencies at different exchanges. Right. Cetera, right. But like I said, because the, the, the ticking was nuts, you, you just had to keep updated with a WebSocket. That wasn't a big deal. I mean, that's really cool, right? So, say, so what you just gave an idea for, people write all these crypto tracking apps, crypto real-time update apps, right? And I see Pep laughing because like he's like, oh, there's another new idea. But people use Livey for that, right? Ditch Livey. Use a Jekyll site. Deploy a Jekyll site that displays data. The CI actions update crypto prices every five minutes and push the website. You don't need Felix Livey. <laughs> I can argue that five minutes, at least recently, is probably not enough, but I don't know. Or maybe at certain times, right? I guess it, it's stable now. All of a sudden, just something happens, whether it goes up or down. I feel for most people, five minutes is enough. Most people who do crypto stuff. There's some crazy people who do like minute trading. Yeah. But for, I think for most people, five minutes should be enough. I don't know if that's going to be enough for, for people. Just based on because of how volatile the, uh, the industry is, I just worry that five minutes is not enough. That's just, you know what? It, Doing Elixir has made me more cautious about anything than anything else. Like, you used to always go, like, kind of best case and kind of, what do you call it, defensive programming at certain cases. Now I just, yep. I still do kind of best case. And, and but I think about, okay, do I care about these errors is one thing. And then the next right. thing is, okay, how can my system recover, right? Yes, if something bad happened, yep. how can I make sure it's still running, but the errors are localized, something like that. Like, I remember when I worked for that same, for that same client, like, I was like, well, how are we going to know that these trades go through? And they're like, well, we'll just check our uh, portfolio and see if the, the price uh, went up or down. It's like, that's just in, in such a volatile market. I don't think you can verify that. I thought that was a very weird strategy, but that was what their original strategy was. And just like, I think that's why they wanted to work with me is because every time they thought about, they thought about something, the first thing in my mind was, how can this go wrong? How can we trust this thing? How can we do this in mm. a way that's idempotent? Is that the right way to say it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, depends on what specific part of that you're talking about. But yeah, I mean, item important is like, you know, same output, same input seal, same output, right? Okay, well, how would you describe the method where you would want to be able to, say, send a trade once and only once and just guarantee that it would never happen again? Something like that. I guess that's probably not item That can also be item, item important in a different in a context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's really cool. Just because 
So crypto is terrible, but the weather API is a common one, right? You don't need weather right. to be updated more than... This, is, this is a good one, actually, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a common project that Alexa engineers do in Phoenix Live View and stuff. You can just cook up a static HTML, use Jekyll to deploy it, and use pep script to like update that every five minutes, you know? And you, yeah. boom, you have a auto, sta- automatically updating website that updates weather every five minutes. Anyway, I'm just going to go down this rabbit hole. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I, well, I can think of, of a every six months or every once a year thing, which is like, for me, the over here, we have public holidays where you're actually like federally or nationally or whatever you want to call it off, right? As opposed to the US, you don't have this kind of protection. To run that would be nice where like once a year, which is kind of update like on Google, is my office closed or not? Also kind of like, let me know what's the thing. What's the, the days off? And also, like, I have quite a few clients that also want to know, are you guys working this day or that day? Because they're all, most of them are overseas, right? So that would be something to to kind of run. Or even, like, on a custom basis, like, if I had a new client, to just add them to some workflow. And then, like, maybe once a week or once, maybe, maybe like, the very next day or the very same day to first to, to run that job. And then, like, every year, just run it for everybody. Who's on the list. Well, I mean, I... I... I also implemented the workflow with the own workflow dispatch option. No? So you can have a default uh, a scheduled time for, for the job, but then you can always run it if you want, which is also nice for, for testing purposes, especially when you have both uh, workflows running. I don't know. Uh, I also wanted to tell you about something that I did yesterday <laughs> because um, when I was... My first approach in, in the when, when I'm when I was writing the blog post, my first approach of, of trying to do this, I didn't want to go through via the API. I wanted to do it with well trying to scrape the, the public profile. No? So my first my first approach was to try to do it with flow. Because if you see examples there about uh, how to gather data from, from websites, the first thing that you see is Flocky, and I, I thought that that was the, the best option. But uh, I'm sorry, Strava loads loads of stuff via i don't know if it was jquery i don't know i don't know what is it yeah. but it, most <laughs> most websites it doesn't work the floki method yeah, yeah. i mean i know for a fact for like angular websites it will not work right because mm-hmm. they have the weird dynamic uploads or dynamic loads and stuff actually floki also will not work for pedal stack if you're using alpine right it it also won't work then so yeah i mean yeah glad that you went the api route it's so much better <laughs> Yeah, but I'm going back. I'm going back to this is this how I operate. No, I mean, first I try to approach the problem going like trying to find the the fastest uh, option. No, make it work. No, let's try to make it work. No, so the API was the the quickest. No, but then after after a while, after doing the bulk edit that I implemented yesterday, I also wanted to gather some stuff that the Strava uh, produces, which are trophies no uh, every month uh, you can join challenges and they tell you hey do you want to join two two thousand meters climb for example and if you do i don't know several runs and you you have an ascent accumulated ascent of two thousand meters you have the trophy no this trophy is an image but the strava api doesn't doesn't offer an endpoint that allows you to to gather those trophies no so i was like hey i, w- I would like to put this also in the in the GitHub because it would be cool no to, to show the challenges that i that i completed no and in the end this is not it's not about sharing anymore it's not i don't want people to see the challenges i just wanted to achieve the the objective of, of being able to share them, no? The technical complexities of implementing this. So yesterday I said, I need to go back to to trying to scrape uh, the, the public profile. How can I do this? No? So apart from the bulk editing yesterday, what I did is forking Wallaby. I don't know if you know Wallaby, but it's the de facto library for browser testing. And 
I tried to use it to scrape. <laughs> so I got my account blocked yesterday in Strava because of this. I managed to scrape it, the public profile and logging into my in, in my profile. At the beginning, it was impossible because I was there was some JavaScript errors that that were happening. No, and Wallaby, if you any error in the in the JS is produced, the it stops. No, it it raises an exception and it stops. So that's why I decided to fork it. <laughs> I I cloned the the repository and just commented the replace the the race for for a for a logger. And that's it, no? So I managed to, to escape the website. And, and it was really, really interesting, no? I mean, I, did, I, I, could, I couldn't go further because uh, to get the, the trophies, images, and, and so on. But there is another, another thing to explore. Now that, now that I'm able to log in and so on, I'm going to wait a few days, maybe try to, to extract the cookie and, and, and add it to the, to the, to the Wallaby session so I'm able to, to scrape those, those images. And yeah, gotcha. it, yeah, it was super cool. Nice. And, and I think it's, it's something that uh, could be used for, for many other use cases also, no? I mean, just use Wallaby because yeah. I, I believe everyone is using it just for, for browser tests, no? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, I have given Wallaby like four, given it four year tries over the course of last few years. It never seems to work properly. It always breaks like consistent, it consistently like randomly stuff break in CI and it remains broken for weeks before it's fixed. I mean, I appreciate the fact that... Then I'm going to write an article because I managed, I managed to solve the problems quite quite quickly because I did it before when I was in ESL implementing. A, I was trying to, to do a course and I managed to put it up together and this, this time was super quick, no? I mean, I, I mm. use uh, Nix for my the configuration of my machine and mm -hmm. the, the Chrome driver that I had installed didn't match with the right version of Chrome. So what I did in the end was just downloading that in the binary of Chrome driver that matches with my, my install uh, right. browser, and that's it. The problem is not, I don't think it's like one specific problem, right? Like the things, uh, even if it works for some time, it breaks and it remains broken. It takes a while for them to pull it, put in fixes. I just, I think, you know, they have like Selen uh, uh, Selenium, you have Cypress, which is really good, Capybara, Ruby, very close to... Um, Elixir. I feel like with those options, you know, I've generally gravitated towards that. However, I do want to mention this: if you're scraping, if you want to go the hard route, you know, hardworking route, like you, you, you're doing it the right way. You want to do for a side project, you want to use Elixir, go Wallaby. But for people listening, there's like several tools that scrape for you for free. There's something something like Simple Scraper. It's like a Chrome extension. You literally open a page, click on what you have to notice hit enter, it will expose a page as an API. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. There's something called Hexomatic. If you need to sign in and store sessions in a secure way that allows you to do, I think it's like two bucks a month or something. It's really cool. Like uh, a year ago, I would be not even mentioning this, but having worked in like a venture-backed startup where everything needs to be done in a day, like that, the, the, I, I figured I'd mention like these tools to people. Like it's it's so useful. And yeah. nine times out of 10, it'd be like better than something you cook up on your own, right? Like a, a, a well-tested tool, a scraping tool, even a free one would be better than, you know, what you would write on your own, at least the first version. So I thank you for sending these tools and I'm going, <laughs> I was writing them, so I'm going to give them a look. And for sure, in, in a professional environment, when, when you are in a hurry and you need to deliver this stuff quickly, it's fantastic. No, I mean, the, the reason why I decided to do it with, with Wallaby is, uh, as you said, because I wanted to... Learning. Exactly. Learning and, and see yeah. if it was possible. And, and also because I, I'm currently in some conversations with, uh, <laughs> with uh, some, with a job. 
and I was trying to test this for their product, no, because they need to scrape some stuff and things like that. So I also was trying to learn it. It was quite cool. Also, the good thing about this is that, yeah, it's tailored, no? But in the end, you can also, if you want to update the readme in the GitHub action, <laughs> this is going to make it possible, no? Yeah. Totally. Cool. I think we're running a little bit out of time. We started a little bit late, but um, I don't know. Is there any, and there's no questions on my side, but Adi, is there anything else you wanted to... I'm all set. I have a hard stop in six minutes, so sorry about this, Pep. Like, yeah, it, this, this is fun. We wish we could go longer, but... Is there well, something well, that you wanted to say? Well, I'd like to, I don't know, write you at some point, Adi, and maybe talk about the book, no? I didn't mention my picks. We'll get in touch. But I'm looking forward to, to read your book. And yeah. We'll get in touch for sure, yeah. We're all looking for Adi's book. He mentioned this a while back, but we're, we're, we're waiting for it. I did see it on Amazon. It's on my wish list or my shopping list, sorry, because my shopping list is pretty Oh, appreciate it, Alan. Yeah. I'm just a little disappointed and pre-order it. I was, yeah, I was told we're going to get we're gonna get uh, a copy as friends, but we'll yeah, fr- friends, friends will get a free copy for sure. I'm not, I'm not looking to make profit out of the book, so yeah. Well, I'll sell it. You can just make sure you autograph a couple copies for me. <laughs> No, I don't think it will hold much value, unfortunately, Alan. You might have to wait 10 years, hopefully. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what people say about a lot of things, and then you'll be surprised, all the stuff. That's why hoarders, some of these hoarders are super rich, I think, if they look at some of the junk that they have. But yeah, let's just transition over to picks. Adi, since you're running low on time, how about we just kick it over to you first? So I guess a quick pick about jobs. I, I do want to acknowledge the fact that I did not respond to 28 people on time who reached out to me for jobs. I have gone through them, responded to 25 of them. Only three people are left. Last couple of months have been hard for me professionally. I mentioned I've changed my jobs and a few things going on in my life. That's why I could not respond on time. But yeah, apologies for the delay especially when I said that, you know, reach out to me if you're looking for jobs. But I'm going to say that again now. <laughs> Hit me up if you're looking for a job. I just started working at The Score. It's it's an amazing place to work. Uh, I have been there for like three weeks now and the best production app of that scale that I've seen. And it looks certain now. The only one that was better was one that, you know, I built myself in a startup because it was better in my eyes, in my eyes, right? So I'm, I'm definitely biased. But yeah, it, it's 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 a great place. Everyone's awesome. The environment is very positive, learning friendly. They focus on that. So if anyone wants is looking for an engineering position at the score uh, using Elixir, Pedal Stack, Livey, and all that stuff, hit me up, and I'll I'll put you in, as as a uh, you know in in the reference pipeline or whatever that is. But yeah, I think that's that's all I have for for a pick today. Okay, sounds good. So Pep. Well, I'll go first, but Pepe, I think we didn't, you already know about that we need to have picks, right? I think you were yeah. getting the email. Okay. Mm. Let me just do mine first and then we'll, we'll end with you. The last is the best, I hope, right? So as I mentioned for my last pick, right, I picked the Steam Deck. I've been crazy about the Steam Deck recently. I've been playing nearly every day, maybe too much. I think I feel a little bit bad for playing so much. So I just want to pick a game called LA Noir. I don't know if anybody's played that one here. Exactly. Yeah. That's a classic. I was playing. Yeah. So I feel bad for picking this because it is like over 20 years old now. It's 22 or sorry. It's over 10, 12 years old, I think. Right? It came out they remastered it. They remastered it like seven years ago, though. But it, yeah, yeah. But it's still around 10 years. I just started because I don't really play video games. Total look at the Steam Deck. All right. So I like it because it's like you don't really die. Right. But it's kind of like you're playing in a movie. And my favorite is how you go from zero to like 100 when you choose either doubt or lie, <laughs> which is insane so 
it, if it's a game that has a lot of, I haven't seen any nudity yet, but I heard it does have some, and it definitely has oh, a lot does. of swearing <laughs> and crazy stuff in it. So if that stuff that you don't like, it might not be for you. But if you are not a bad, if you're not opposed to some adult kind of content, and it, I think it's a fantastic game, and uh, the technology how they did it, it's really interesting too. So they're listening to fucking Elixir Mix. <laughs> 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 I'm sure they don't mind. They don't mind a little yeah, bit of swearing, but, but yeah. Oh, Alan, that's a great pick. Plus one to that. It's b- made by Rockstar Games, the GTA yeah. guys, and it's, Actually, it's made by Team Bondi and Rockstar published it. So they can gotcha. put up the money. But I think they also did some stuff because like the driving elements, just like Rockstar kind of right. GTA style. But yeah, if you're also interested too, another, I guess, potential pick could be just look up Team Bondi and kind of their history. They're a whole mess, right? That's why people are kind of probably wondering why there's no, never any LNUR2 or whatever. Well, it's because the company that made the game is just a complete mess. But <laughs> anyways, that's another story. Um, Pep, your turn. Yeah, I didn't think about any picks that had to do with the video games, but now listening to you guys, I couldn't avoid thinking. I don't know why I remember Max Payne. I don't know why, <laughs> but then I was thinking I, I like I really like platform indie games. I talked before about Blasphemous uh, with Adi, a really good game, a Spanish game, by the way. And also, <laughs> you're going to laugh about this, but Guacamole Turbo Special. Uh, it's also a, a platform indie game. And I, I had fun. If you like to platforms and you, you like to share and play with, with friends, it's, it's a really good game. But my topics, uh, my picks, sorry, had nothing to do with, uh, well, there's one with, that has to do with technology. But the first one is about uh, Greece. Last three months I've been in, in Greece. And if you are a digital nomad and, or you have the possibility to work remotely, I invite you to come to this country. It's a fantastic country. When I landed here, I realized that there were more than 3,000 islands that you can visit. <laughs> and each island has like a random fact that it's fantastic. No, For example, uh, one, one time I was, I was in Aegina and when I was there, because I, I never, I always tried to go there and not know what to do. Just uh, sitting to a coffee place close to the port and then decide there what, what to do. No, And uh, when we arrived to Aegina, we, we realized that it was considered the the first producer in terms of quality of pistachios of the world. And I've been, I visited already three islands. I plan to visit one, another one just before going back to the UK. But in each of these islands, there was a, a fact similar to this one. No? So I recommend visiting the country. I had a, another one, uh, which is something that I started doing here that I also recommend, which is a life cycle that, I, that I'm following, which is aligned with the Strava thing. No? I'm running on a daily basis eight kilometers. I'm also working out a lot and, and I'm doing that for three weeks. Follow, um, those three weeks I also do cold baths and then the fourth week I do, I do fasting. I'm in the best moment of my life. I, I'm trying to say this because I know that I love technology and many, many moments I'm so, so, so driven by trying to write code that I forget about these things. And I encourage everyone to, to try to do these things because uh, if you balance these things, then in four or five hours you, you are capable to deliver much more. Eh? So, so I, I encourage everyone to follow this. And the last thing is probably like you. I, I've been reading, it's been taking me a lot uh, to, to, to read this book because I'm trying to read it thoroughly and, and try to implement everything with detail. But I'm, I'm really enjoying the program like you from Sophie de Benedetto. And I recommend, I recommend it to, to everyone. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's good to have you on and uh, hopefully have you back on in the future. Maybe I'll discover something else. Another way to update our GitHub profiles because we just need more <laughs> ways to update that, right? I'm also trying to write a book myself. So maybe if I manage to, to pull the proposal off, we can talk about that in the future. 
Sounds good. Okay. And then we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.